Are you looking for a podcast where you can hear from real people regarding their real dental drama? If so, then you've come to the right place. Join hosts Bethany Petty and Dr. Rena Kuba as we dive into the solutions we've created and the mistakes we've made while managing dental drama. Let's get started. Happy Monday, everybody. Thanks for joining me. I don't know about you guys, but here in Texas, we are finally on October 23rd experiencing some fall weather. And what that means for us in the North Texas area, it means that it's dropped into the 70s. Many of us have likely pulled out our jackets. And those of you in the northern states are probably laughing at us because we feel like it's cold now. And this fall weather reminds me of some topics that are really important as you head into the last couple of months of the year. So I wanted to take some time today to talk about price increases. This has been something that I've been talking about with most of my clients at some point over the last month. And for those clients of mine that haven't heard me talk about it yet, you will. So the end of the year is really important for digging down into what are your prices, your current prices, when's the last time that you've evaluated them on a deeper level. And so This has become increasingly important since the pandemic because so many of you guys have experienced major increases in expenses, and it's becoming difficult to manage keeping up with those expenses. And raising fees on a consistent basis is one of the strategies to dealing with some of those overhead expenses. So first and foremost, if you are one of those practices out there that have not evaluated fees in a few years, you are going to absolutely need to prioritize this. And I would say even if you're one of those practices that does an annual fee increase, let's say every year you go up 3%, just every year, every January across the board, you go up 3%, then I would say it's time for you to do a deep dive into your current fees and if they are commiserate with the fees in your particular area. So there's a few ways to evaluate fees, and I want to talk through the pluses and minuses of those. And then at the same time, I also want to talk about handling the communication of those changes with your patients. So one of my favorite strategies for evaluating fees is to actually access and pay for services that kind of dig this data up for you. One of my favorite is the Wasserman Medical Fee Analysis. And it is, I use it every year. Um, I actually buy the license to evaluate multiple codes. And I believe each year I pay, it's close to $400 for that license. And it allows me to look up various zip codes. And in that analysis, it pulls the 40th, 50th, 60th, 70th, 80th, 90th, and 95th percentiles of fees. So down to a specific zip code. So for my clients, I normally will, getting into their software at some point, I'm pulling up the fee schedule in Wasserman, in my Wasserman Medical uh, database, I guess is what you would call it. 
I'm typing in that zip code, I'm comparing it against my client's fee schedule, and then I'm telling them either, hey, we really need to dig into this further, or hey, you know what, I think you could stick with your 3% raise again this year. So for most markets, most, and I'll put a big asterisk on that, I think it's safe to aim for the 70th or 80th percentile. There's going to be certain demographics or certain types of practices that I might recommend higher than that. I very rarely recommend lower than that. A lot of this is due to you want to be competitive in your market and you always want to be higher than many and lower than some. And the 70th to 80th percentile will put you in that category. Now, if you were to purchase the Wasserman Medical, either the license, although many practice owners will choose just the report for their zip code, and I believe that's a couple hundred bucks to get that. So if you purchase that, and they send you this beautiful report with the 40, 50, 60th, 70th, 80th, 90th, and 95th percentile, and you get that report, and you start evaluating your fees, and you realize you're in the 40th percentile, then I certainly would not recommend doing a major jump to the 70th or 80th percentile, not at least in one year, because that can sometimes be difficult for you to manage such a big price increase. Normally, I would recommend bumping it and trying to get to maybe the 60th percentile, which is still a pretty substantial jump, but it also neutralizes it just a little bit for your cash paying patients or if you are contracted with insurance companies, it can throw your write-offs off pretty substantially if you jump up to that 80th percentile. So for you, I might recommend going from the 40th percentile and setting all of your fees unanimously down that 60th percentile category. Now, if you get that report and you realize, hey, I'm sitting right at the 70th percentile, then I might recommend for you making that jump to the 80th percentile. And you can, again, down the line, go through that 80th percentile and set all of your codes at that category. What I would recommend is if you haven't taken the time to evaluate every single fee that you utilize and compare it with a report, then I would highly encourage that this be the year that you do that. What I have seen is this wide discrepancy that has begun to take place where you might be 80th percentile on one fee and 40th percentile on another. And that's just due to all of these strange fee changes that have taken place since the pandemic. So I do think it's important if you haven't line by line checked your fees in a while to take the time to do so. Also, please don't forget to evaluate fees that you may not necessarily utilize in your practice, but that insurance downgrades to. A prime example of that is many practices now choose to only do composite fillings. 
And yet, insurances often still downgrade to amalgam prices. So sometimes when we begin to take a look at those fees, we skip right over the amalgam fees. But what you're doing is you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot because if you raise your composite fees, but you fail to evaluate your amalgam fees, then when you submit that single surface posterior composite fee to insurance and they downgrade to a single surface amalgam filling, you've actually seen no benefit whatsoever. So you want to go line by line and raise your fees accordingly. Let's say you pull your that fee schedule and you're sitting where you are supposed to be, right at that 80th percentile. Then what I would say is you probably still want to do an incremental increase. And normally that's somewhere between 3 and 5%. What I have found is the practices that for now, going forward, excluding the, the COVID years, if you will consistently raise your fees between 3 and 5% on an annual basis, you normally are able to stay in that 70th to 80th percentile. Now, I would still recommend every few years you still purchase that report and evaluate to make sure that you're still on track. But you could probably skip a year or two and just raise it 3 to 5% and you're going to be right on par with that 80th percentile. Now, if you don't want to purchase the report to save a few bucks or whatever the case may be, then I would still take the time to do some boots on the ground evaluation of your fees. So that could be that you've got a team member or a family friend that's calling around and essentially price checking with some of your competitors. Now, I will say this is not a comprehensive fee analysis because very few practices are going to go code by code with you and give you their fees for that. Their question mark is going to be raised. Why does this potential patient want to know code by code and they've asked me for 100 codes by the end of this phone call? Um, So it's not necessarily a foolproof way of evaluating fees. But let's say that you evaluated your fees thoroughly last year and you just want to do some spot checking with your competitors. I think that's a great strategy as long as you are evaluating the competitors in your zip code or in similar demographics. And that is super important because I don't want you jumping to a different zip code or a different demographic and their fees are much higher or much lower than your particular zip code. So that's another strategy that you can use, and I think it's absolutely one that will work. I don't recommend doing that every single year as your one and only way of evaluating your fees. The other way that you can evaluate is you can take to your dental social media groups and you can ask in general what other people in your field charge for X, Y, and Z codes. Again, this isn't 100% foolproof, but Oftentimes, you can get the low end of the spectrum as well as the high end. And then if you're aiming for that 80th percentile, then you kind of go towards the upper tier of the fees that you've heard on your social media feeds. And that's another way to evaluate your fee schedule as well. Sometimes you might have a dental supply rep that also gets this same code information. So they may be like me and they're... um, buying the license to share that information with you from a group like the Wasserman Medical Group. And so sometimes they can give you a good 
analysis of what's happening in your particular area. So that could be a strategy for you as well. And you can check with your dental supply rep and see if they actually have the ability to give you your particular zip code. Now, what to do with all this information. So first and foremost, you're evaluating your fees by either a company that does it for you, or at least evaluates at a more comprehensive level level. And again, the group that I use is Wasserman Medical. There's other firms out there. I just don't know who they are because I've never used them before. The second option is to check with competitors in your area. And the third is social media and asking other people in your particular specialty what they charge for X, Y, and Z. Once you have this information, then I would recommend going to your fee schedule and evaluating thoroughly. One strategy is to raise by a percentile, okay? I realize I'm in the 75th percentile, more or less. So I'm gonna raise my fees by 5%. That strategy usually works very well. Some of you may need to go through and customize. So for example, I was just sitting with a client and we, me and a lead on his team, we sat and we evaluated I would say almost all of the codes, but the codes that we knew were charged on a regular basis. And then we hand changed those. So on his fee schedule, we wrote beside each code what the new fee needed to be. And then the rest of the fee schedule, we changed by, I think it was 5% is what we decided on. So what his team lead did is she went through and she raised all the fees by 5%. Just across the board, your software has the ability to change by 5%. And oftentimes I recommend rounding up to the nearest dollar so that you don't have a lot of weird like $292.52. It would round up to $300 in that particular case. And then after she raised by 5%, she went back through and she hand changed those fees that needed to be changed by more or less to keep it commiserate with the 80th percentile. Once you've done that, then you need to figure out what your new cash prices are going to be. Because if you've done a fee increase, then those patients that come in and pay cash are likely going to see a change. And you need to figure out what those new fees are going to be so that your team members can communicate confidently what your cash prices are. So that if you get a new patient that calls in and they say, hey, how much does it cost for a new patient visit? Your team members are able to walk the patient through what it's going to cost based on these new fees. So you want your team to feel really comfortable with these fee increases. Now, you're going to have your patients that have always paid or they've paid a particular amount for the last couple of years. And so you need to have your team equipped and ready to communicate those price increases. I had one client in particular that had a new patient special that she's used for the last several years, and it it was a $199 new patient special, and we are changing that. We're going up on that special, and I believe the new fee is $279. And so she and I spoke pretty in-depth about 
when to roll out these fee increases so that we have time to equip our team with the verbiage needed to communicate these changes to the patient base. And so the timing of these fee increases is really important as well because you do want your team to communicate in a way that is confident, calm, This is ultimately no big deal. Price increases are are normal and your team needs to feel comfortable with that and communicate that clearly to the patients. So because my client had not raised her new patient special in, I believe it was four years, one of the strategies that we discussed having some training on her team with is to be proud of the fact that she's been able to stick with that price through a lot of changes. That was a pre-pandemic price. And we fought really hard to keep that fee the same for all these years. And so, yes, we are ultimately now increasing that price to $279, but we're really proud of the fact that we didn't change it for many years. And so this is now our new price. And I think if you're in that same boat, It is something to be proud of. If you've kept the same prices or kept very close to the same prices and you're now needing to make a major increase, be proud of the fact that you really fought hard to not increase those prices and you are now confident that you're still well within normal limits on this new price and um, that you're conservative and you're competitive with other people in your field. Get your team comfortable in talking about those price increases because patients will ask. Unfortunately, patients are going to notice and they will ask. Now, for those of you who are in network, you may be asking, what's the point of price increases if all I'm going to do is write off these fees because I'm in network? That's a very valid question. However, Insurances keep track of what people are charging, what practices are charging. So each time you bill out the 40th percentile to your insurance company, then they are going to register that as normal. And if we ever want to see insurance prices go up, we need to make sure that insurance companies see that we're charging more and more. Our rates are going up. Now, again, (laughs) Will they do the right thing and increase their fees? I don't know. But we at least need to do our part in making sure that our fees are going up and insurances are seeing those trends go up. It still could mean that for the next couple years, you're riding off at a dismal rate. However, I, I want to encourage you to do it so that we have the chance of in increases with insurance fee schedules. And that's all we can do is hope for the best. But also, the other thing to keep in mind is that as we charge those higher fees, if there are things that insurance companies do not cover, in most states, you have the right to charge your full fee. So if, for example, insurance does not cover nitrous, in many states, you have the ability to charge your full nitrous fee. And if you can get that nitrous fee fee up to the 80th percentile, it simply means that you're able to collect more in that particular case. So fee increases are still important, even if you're 100% in network. 
it's worth taking the time to dig in and evaluate your fee schedule. Last but not least, timing of all of this is important. So you got to make sure that you have your team on board, that they're prepared, they're behind these fee increases. But also, you want to do it at a time that makes sense and where people are expecting fee increases. Oftentimes, I have found that that is the beginning of the year. People expect changes. It's easy for us to communicate about changes. It's a new year. These are kind of our new policies, our new procedures, our new fees. And so that usually is a very fresh and comfortable time to talk about fee increases. The end of the year can also work as well because oftentimes people are in the thick of holiday plans and lots of other things that they have on their plate. And sometimes those fee increases can go by more or less unnoticed by patients. And so this is why I'm talking to you about this right now at the end of October, because November, December, January are usually the prime time to make fee schedule changes. So I would highly encourage you, if you haven't done it in a while, take a deep dive into your fee schedule, evaluate it in a thorough and complete way, and make some changes that are really going to be beneficial to your practice. Again, for the most part, you're going to want to aim for that 70th or 80th percentile. Um, If you are a specialist or, or if you do specialist type things, then you can certainly go higher than that 80th percentile. Obviously, you can check with your competitors. If you have a few friends in the area that also practice dentistry or close to your area, once you've done a thorough analysis and you know where you stand and you know the changes that you may want to make, run your fees past some of your competitors or some of your friends and see how it compares with what they're doing and then roll out those changes. Get somebody on your team to help you custom make those changes, and then move forward confidently with the plan. For all of my associates out there, make sure that your practice is doing this because it will impact your production and hopefully your take-home pay as well. Finally, I also want to remind you guys that these increases should impact if you have any type of wellness plan, membership plan, any kind of VIP type program, a lot of times I'll see practices that make increases to their fee schedule, but they either forget or fail to make increases to their wellness program, VIP program, whatever you may call it. So make sure that all of this leads you to evaluate all of your fees collectively. I hope this helps. It gives you obviously a little bit of homework to do, but it is worthwhile homework and will definitely help your practice in the coming year. Thanks for joining me today. Have a great rest of the week. Thanks for joining the conversation today. We hope that you are comforted in knowing that you are not alone, but we also hope that you're walking away with some really great tips and tricks to try in your practice. We value your feedback, so please take a few moments to rate and review the podcast. Finally, we want to make sure that we're covering the topics that matter to you. So track us down on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and let us know what topics you want us to cover. 
As always, please know that we are rooting for you today as you manage your dental drama.